Today's episode is sponsored by Adam and Eve. You know, I read so many stories about cheating partners and unhappy marriages. Maybe people wouldn't be in such unhappy relationships if they spent more time nurturing their love life. That's why you should check out today's sponsor, Adam and Eve. They've got toys for men, toys for women, and toys for... How should I put this? Well, it's not exactly r slash am I the butthole. More like r slash I'm in the butthole. And yeah, I realize that ordering adult toys can be a little scary because you may be concerned about privacy. Don't worry, Adam and Eve offers discreet and free shipping for your package. Trust me, these people are experts in your package. You can get 50% off on just about any item, along with free shipping and rush processing. Just go to adamandeve.com and select any one item. It could be an adventurous new toy or anything you desire. Then enter code R slash at checkout. That's R slash R S L A S H at adamandeve.com. This is an exclusive offer specific to this podcast, so be sure to use code R slash to get your discount, plus 100% free shipping, and get it fast with rush processing. Use code R slash. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to r slash pro revenge where an engineer devises a clever trap. Our next Reddit post is from A Quiet Borderline. My dad just shared this story about my late Uncle Dale. So, in his memory and in the spirit of the upcoming holidays, I present for you the tale of nepotism, engineering students, and Adina Menzel. Uncle Dale was a senior engineer at a small firm in the Midwestern USA and an engineering instructor in the local community college. He was also, unofficially, in charge of office parties. To help offset the costs, he had a small tin box on the table outside of his office with a slot in it so anyone could donate money to the party fund. Everyone knew about it, and they were happy to donate. A month or so before the company's big Christmas party, Uncle Dale decided to check the box. Lo and behold, it was empty. Uncle Dale knew something was wrong because he had seen several colleagues putting money in the box. This could only mean one thing. Someone was stealing from the party fund. At that moment, Brad, the owner's nephew and a fellow engineer, came around the corner, and something about the way that Brad was looking at him made Uncle Dale suspicious. Brad did not have a good reputation around the office, to say the least. He had a reputation of being pushy, obnoxious, rude, and just plain entitled. Unfortunately, he was not only the owner's beloved nephew, but knew how to skirt the rules so that he wouldn't get fired. Uncle Dale decided to set a trap to catch the thief. Using his engineering skills, he set up a hidden rig using a hidden doorbell camera right by the box. He then had a colleague loudly brag about how he contributed $100 to the party fund. Then he waited. He got a notification that the camera was recording and watched Brad open the empty box, scowl in disgust, and then throw the box against the wall. Now, you'd think this would end with Uncle Dale presenting the video evidence to his boss to get Brad fired, but oh no. Now, if there's one thing that engineers love, it's solving problems. Uncle Dale then went to his engineering students. He offered them extra credit to come up with a rigged box that would make noise when opened. The more obnoxious the sound, the higher the bonus. One week later, his students delivered their project and demonstrated how it worked. 
Pleased with the results, Uncle Dale awarded them with the extra credit, as promised. The next day, he set up the rigged box and proclaimed, Well, isn't this nice? Someone donated $50 to the party fund. Then, he went to his office and waited. The engineering students had rigged the box with one of those inserts from cards that play music when you open them. By popular vote, they picked Let It Go from the Disney movie Frozen, right around the time that the song was beginning to become overly popular. They also managed to ensure that, once opened, the box couldn't close unless you pressed a hidden side button releasing the hinge. So, the song would continue to play. For extra funsies, they made sure to angle the insert for maximum volume and secure it down with industrial strength glue. Sure enough, everyone in the office heard Adina Menzel belting the hated song and Brad's frustrated grunts while trying to close the box. One person attracted by the sound was Brad's uncle. Finally, Brad just chucked the box at the wall, managing to put a good-sized dent into it. Then, the uncle summoned Brad to his office. Fifteen minutes later, Brad left with a cardboard box and cleared out his desk, along with a note in his file that said, Do not rehire, do not recommend. So, his engineering career was over. That Christmas, Uncle Dale had a little video prepared to show at the party. The doorbell camera had caught Brad's attempt to steal from the box, all to the tune of, let it go! I hope for Brad's sake that Brad never has a daughter, because <laughs> otherwise he's going to listen to that song time and time again every single day of his life. And more than likely, every single time Brad hears let it go, he'll be reminded of this embarrassing moment. So if he does end up having a daughter, then she will inadvertently psychologically torture her own father with that music. Our next Reddit post is from Deleted. This story takes place a few years after I broke up with my partner and we settled on our house. We've had two years of 50-50 custody of our daughter, one week on, one week off. We do the handover on Monday after schools, which is good because I can avoid seeing my ex-wife, Karen, most weeks. On one of my weeks, my kid comes down with a stomach flu on Thursday. Both ends of her are like a volcano. This carried through to Saturday and Sunday. She was tired but had no symptoms. I kept her home on Monday. I dropped my kid off at my ex-wife's place and warned her that our kid has the stomach flu, but she should be fine for school tomorrow. Without asking any additional questions, my ex utters a sound that before this I've only heard camels make and then she closed the door. Rude, but whatever. Three days go by and I get a call from Karen. She says, Our daughter is lactose intolerant. You need to get special milk. Huh? Where is this coming from? She had ice cream last night and threw up 45 minutes later. I spoke to my hair and beauty teacher who said that she must be lactose intolerant. Now, it's worth mentioning that my girlfriend at the time was a qualified and practicing dietitian, and she was listening to this call because it was on speaker. My girlfriend said, I really don't think so. Lactose intolerance mainly affects the bowels. She had gastro problems last week. The body will often reject dairy foods for one to two weeks post-gastro. If symptoms continue after three weeks, then it's something to look into. She went on to explain the body science behind this, but I'll spare you the details. My girlfriend said that this is just her professional opinion because these symptoms are sudden and presented around the same time as that illness. My ex said, You're not a doctor! Our kid is lactose intolerant, and if you don't comply with the treatment, I'll report you to child protection. I thought for a second and said, Okay, I'll make you a deal. You get the formal diagnosis, and I'll fund the full cost of the test. But if it comes back negative, I'm not paying a cent. When my girlfriend heard this, she smiled. 
My ex-wife said, So I pay for the test, and when I get the diagnosis, you'll pay me back the full amount? Yep, including flights and accommodation. Karen agreed to this deal. I texted her this for written evidence, and she replied with okay. A few weeks go by, and my kid tells me, Mommy is taking me to Melbourne for tests. I get to ride on a plane. Yay! It's a good time to note that this week, my kid was having milk with her breakfast, and surprise, surprise, no problems. Another four weeks go by, and Karen calls me. So, the test results came back negative. The specialist said that it was probably related to her flu. This was nothing that we could have seen coming, but at least now we know. Anyway, the flight cost me $600. Accommodation was $150. Tests were $750, so you owe me half, which is $900. I said, um, firstly, my girlfriend predicted that this was related to the illness. You refuse to listen, stating that we're not doctors, but apparently your hair and beauty teacher is a qualified doctor. Secondly, all that stuff added together is $1,500, half of which is $750, not $900, which brings me to my main point. We agreed that if the test was negative, I wasn't going to pay a cent. You agreed to that. After that, I hung up, sent her a screenshot of our agreement, including her okay response. OP, I sincerely hope that when it comes to intelligence, your daughter takes after you and not your ex-wife. Our next Reddit post is from Ray Ray Rex. I was driving home from a get-together, and I was going about 65 kilometers per hour in a 60 kilometer per hour zone. Where I'm from, the police almost never pull you over if you're going 10 or less over, but will definitely pull you over for anything over that. Everything was going well until I got closer to my home. Where I live, it's less city-like and more rural, with the roads alternating between single and double lanes. I'm on a single lane, speeding about 10 over, when a pickup truck in my rearview mirror caught my attention. They were initially going pretty fast, but when they caught up to me, they promptly braked a meter behind me. I was like, okay, I'll speed up to 70 kilometers per hour. No big deal. But they continued to tailgate me. When I looked in the rearview mirror, I could see the face of a very angry woman who had no understanding of personal space. What ensued was a full five minutes of them completely obscuring my rearview mirror with how close they were. I was tired and kind of hungover, so I really wasn't in the mood to be worrying about a potential car accident thanks to her driving. I was going to pull over and let her go around when Waze gave me a heads up that a police officer was reported up ahead. This was when I decided that I was going to dole out some karma. I slowly dropped my speed by about 10 kilometers per hour. This made the woman furious. Why she didn't just pass me then, I'll never know, but she was literally going slightly over the middle line, yelling to herself in my rearview mirror, flashing her full brights in weird show-offish ways to get me to go faster. I did this for another minute before Waze showed that the cop was less than a kilometer away. I put on my turn signal and very slowly pulled over. Then I watched this woman flip me the bird as she whipped past me, disappearing over the hill, now going way faster than 10 kilometers per hour over. I continued on my way, and when I got up over the hill, I saw flashing lights ahead. Jackpots. I drove with anticipation until I got close enough to confirm that it was my friend from earlier. Not wanting to miss out on hitting her with our new secret greeting, I dropped my speed, peered over, and flashed the bird right back at her. I hope you enjoy the ticket, Karen. Our next Reddit post is from The One Bone Saw. So, I'm one of the few people who isn't allergic to either poison ivy or poison oak. 
This is a superpower that I once used for evil. When I was in the Boy Scouts, it was still a quasi-paramilitary organization, and we went on a camping trip for a jamboree one summer. I was about 13 or 14. This particular jamboree had us camping all week long with our local National Guard. They instructed us that week on shooting the M14 and the M16, as well as the M2 and the M249 machine guns. They also instructed us on pathfinding and had us running a 10-mile course through the Arkansas countryside. I suppose I should mention that I absolutely hated most of the scouts on my troop. Towards the end of the jamboree, shortly after I woke up one morning, our head scout, an eagle scout no less, whacked me in the forehead with the butt end of a knife that he was using to eat peanut butter directly from the jar. Why? I don't know. Just because I was there and he felt like it, I guess. Now, the day before, while we were doing some basic reconnoitering of our course, I happened upon a patch of poison ivy, and I noted its location on my pathfinding map. After the silverware incident, I honestly hadn't really thought of getting back at this guy or any of the other psychopathic sycophants who thought that me getting thumped in the head was funny. However, when it came time for me to take over on our pathfinding march, we were only a couple of hundred yards away from that patch of poison ivy that I found the day before. I didn't know if anyone else knew that it was there, but I had an opportunity, and if the Boy Scouts taught me anything, it was, whenever an opportunity presents itself, you be a man and you effing go for it. Okay. And the best part, because it was July, we were all wearing shorts. I marched us straight through that patch, and not one single scout identified it. They were completely, beautifully oblivious. I had the best night that I ever had on any camping trip in scouts just a few short hours later. As I listened to the cries of every single scout in my troops as they went absolutely mad from the horrible pain and itching that poison ivy causes. And the cherry on top? Not one of us, not the other troops, not even the National Guard guys, had a single effing drop of calamine lotion. It was the most cathartic revenge I've ever experienced. After all the BS and bullying that I had to put up with from those Lord of the Flies douchebags, the sweet sounds of their suffering lulled me gently to sleep that night. The next morning, we had to break camp immediately and go home, which is where I wanted to be in the first place. That was our slash pro revenge, and if you like this content, be sure to follow my podcast because I put out new Reddit podcast episodes every single day.